Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 26 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and for the second time in as many games, the Rangers, with a thrilling come-from-behind victory to take another two points. And, you know, they didn't come back from four goals down this time, but still a really exciting win. They're down 2-1 to one in the final minutes, and it was unfortunate, too, because I really felt like the Rangers, for the most part in this game, had the better of play. That's not to say that they dominated for all 16 minutes, but I think overall they outplayed the Wild tonight, and yet they still find themselves trailing 2-1 to one with just a few minutes remaining. But Chris Kreider changes all that with a power play goal. He gets the equalizer with less than three minutes to go, and then just 29 seconds into the overtime period, Tony D'Angelo sends everybody home happy. He scores. The Garden is electric. Just a great night of hockey. A really competitive game. Just a fun game to watch. You know, it was really back and forth the whole way. Like I said, I think the Rangers slightly had the better of play, but this was just good quality hockey, and the Rangers persevere, and once again, they come from behind to win another game and another big two points in the standings. Rangers taking down the Wild 3-2 to at the Garden. Henrik Lundqvist, I thought, had an outstanding night for the Rangers, and he moves into fifth place all-time. He's now by himself for fifth place all-time on the all-time wins total, claiming his 455th victory. So a big congratulations to him. It was also Hockey Fights Cancer Night. It's just a great thing that the NHL and the Rangers do here. And before the game, you know, obviously they usually have, you know, a ceremonial opening puck drop. And what they did was they had a young seven-year-old who apparently underwent chemotherapy for three years. I mean, I can't even imagine that, much less going through it as a young child. And he got to go on the ice. They had the, the red carpet out there for him and, and dropped the ceremonial opening face-off for Jesper Foss and Matt Zuccarello. And just awesome stuff. I mean, the kid just got a, a great ovation from the Garden Faithful, got to ring the bell signifying that he is now cancer-free. So just just awesome to see right there. And also, the national anthem was sung by two girls who... One has already beaten cancer. The other one is still fighting. But again, just a really cool moment. It's great to see the Rangers going all out here. And, you know, why not? You know, get somebody out there who, you know, a young kid who's beaten cancer. And then you've got, you know, the national anthem. You can have anybody sing the national anthem on any night. But that was a really cool thing to get, you know, two cancer survivors out there to do that as well. So great job by the Rangers here. Great job by the Garden Faithful, you know, giving these these kids, uh, you know, the warm reception that they deserve. I can't even imagine going through what they went through at such a young age and, you know, just just a really, really cool thing that the Rangers do. And then the one other thing that I want to talk about real quick before we kind of just jump in and go period by period as we usually do is the Wild only get two power plays tonight. So just two penalties taken by the Rangers. You'll take that pretty much any night, especially with the way the Rangers have been spending, you know, seemingly half of their games half of the time of their games in the penalty box and down a man. So great job by the Rangers. More disciplined hockey tonight and even the two power plays that the Wild did get, the Rangers killed them off, and I thought the penalty kill looked pretty good here tonight as well. So, you know, we've, we've been tough on them for taking these penalties. They're a young team that kind of comes with the territory, but, you know, we also have to give them credit on a night like tonight where they stay out of the sin bin. And the Rangers juggle their lines a little bit coming into this one. You've got on the top line Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strom, Chris Kreider, now the new man playing right wing on the top line. He was there a little bit earlier in the season but didn't really stick there. And then uh, on the second line, Brendan Lemieux, he moves up to left wing on the second line. Philip Hedl and Pavel Buchnevich. And then on the third line, you've got Capo Caco, Brett Howden, and Jesper Faust. And then on the fourth line, like we said, this is kind of how we thought they would roll out this fourth line because Bunieves is making his season debut with the Rangers, and he is centering a line of Michael Haley and Brendan Smith. And then the, the defense pairings, Brady Shea and Jacob Truba, Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox, and Liber Hayek and Tony D'Angelo. 
So going with a little bit of a different look tonight. You know, they're taking Foss off of the top line, moving him down to the third line. Brandon Lemieux moves up from the third line to the second line alongside Hedl and Buchnevich. And Chris Kreider promoted to the first line, trying to get him rolling a little bit with Panarin and Ryan Strom. So the Wild are without Devin Dubnik, and Alex Stalock makes his fourth consecutive start between the pipes for Minnesota. He's had a decent season. You know, he's always been one of the better backups in the league, I would say. And again, you know, the Rangers, the last couple games, they've given up a couple early early goals early in periods, early in the first period specifically. I believe in the first minute, the Senators scored, and within the two minutes and just a little bit of change, the Canadians also scored. So the Rangers digging themselves early holes in these recent games. And tonight, the Wild actually hit the post just 20 seconds of the game. It kind of got the outside of the post. But again, you don't want to start flat in these games. You don't want to get caught back on your heels early. It's never too early to set the tone for a hockey game. And the Wild kind of applying a little bit of pressure early here on the first shift of the game. And again, ringing, ringing a shot off the outside of the pipe. Back the other way, the Rangers get their first opportunity. Panarin just misses a cross-ice pass for Ryan Strom. Strom was charging hard to the net there. And Panarin and Strom have hit on that play a couple times in the past. Panarin will kind of pass from, you know, the circle to Strom, who Strom will kind of receive the pass moving toward the net. And they tried to hit that here, but uh, the defenseman made a really nice play. He chips it away. And uh, Bunieves then, you know, again, making his first start with the Rangers, first appearance with the Rangers this season. And he makes a strong drive to the net just a few minutes later. Can't quite get a shot off, but cool to see Nieves out there and you know, getting involved in the action pretty early in this one. Rangers take a slashing penalty. Bunievis goes off for that one. So I believe that was just his second shift. So not ideal to take a penalty on your second shift with the NHL club. But Henrik Lundqvist picks up his man. He makes a great glove save on Zucker on the ensuing faceoff. And Henrik really looking sharp early in this game. He makes a nice kick save through traffic. And then he does catch a little bit of a break because Dumba puts a shot off the crossbar after receiving a pass from Matt Zuccarello, again making his return to the garden. And the Wild keeps swarming until Brennan Lemieux intercepts a pass. He skates the puck into the neutral zone, dumps it into the Minnesota zone, and that was pretty much it for the Wild's first power play. Penalty kill looking good, and Henrik Lundqvist making a couple of clutch saves. And like the old saying goes, you know, your goalie has to be your best penalty killer. And I think Henrik Lundqvist was on this one, making at least two nice saves and getting a little bit of a break as Dumba puts up shot off of the crossbar. And then we get the video tribute to Matt Zuccarello. Well-deserved. A really cool moment there for Matt's a beloved Ranger for many years. This is crazy to me, but he actually made his debut for the Rangers back in 2010. And I knew he was with the Rangers for a long time. I didn't realize it was that long, though. We're coming up on almost 10 years. And obviously, you know, he just played with so much heart, so much grit, just a career overachiever. Did such a great job for the Rangers, stepped up in the playoffs. He was a great teammate. You would have to look long and hard before you find anybody, player, coach, or fan, who has anything bad to say about Matt Zuccarello. The guy was just awesome. I don't really know what else to say. There were certainly times where the opposition would kind of take a run at him and try to bully him and push him around a little bit, and he did not take any crap from anybody. I mean, he would he would mix it up with—he wouldn't fight. He wouldn't drop the gloves or anything like that, but, you know, he wouldn't shy away from, like, you know, a, a pushing contest or whatever it might be, and he wasn't afraid to go to the net either. And, you know, he took some abuse, but he always just got right back up and just kept going. And, you know, Zuccarello, really an unheralded player. He was undrafted, only the seventh Norwegian player to ever play in the NHL. And, you know, he makes his debut for the Rangers, like we said, in 2010. And you start to see a couple positive signs early, and you start to think, like, you know, I kind of like this kid. Maybe he could be something. Maybe he could stick around a little bit. I don't think anybody could have expected him to have as awesome of a career as he ended up having with the Rangers. But yeah, I mean, there were, there was some potential there. There was something there. You know, you could see it. You could see it early when he was skating with the blue shirts, and lo and behold, it he becomes one of the more beloved Rangers of really the past ten years, the past twenty years, however far you want to go back. Ranger fans will always have a special place in their heart for Matt Zuccarello, and 
you know, during this tribute here, he gets this, the ovation from the Garden Faithful, and he's waving to everybody, and then he actually ended up going onto the ice and just kind of skated out, you know, toward, toward center ice for just a minute and just kind of raised his stick up to acknowledge the fans. It's kind of a tough spot, I feel like, if you're in Zuccarello's spot because, yeah, I mean, you want to acknowledge, you know, the Ranger fans and, you know, show that you're thankful for, you know, the warm reception and show that, you know, it meant a lot to him to to be a Ranger for all those years and have the success that he had here. But at the same time, he's on the Minnesota Wild now, so you can't really overdo it. But I just thought this was really cool. Zuccarello handled it well. The Garden gave him a standing ovation. And even throughout this game, anytime Zuccarello had the puck, you could hear the Zoo chants. You know, they weren't, maybe they weren't quite as loud as they were when he was on the Rangers because it's almost like, be careful what you wish for. Matt Zuccarello, still a dangerous player when the puck is on his stick. So when he's swarming in your zone and, you know, skating around and looking to either shoot or pass, you know, you don't want to necessarily be chanting, cheering for him because you might you might be doing the zoo chant and then he'll shoot and score and the Wild will, will take the lead. But yeah, you know, just awesome stuff here. Love the tribute to Zuccarello. It was cool to see him back. Unfortunately, this is the only time he'll be back in the Garden this year as the Rangers, you know, they're only going to play the Wild twice and the second time will be in Minnesota. But yeah, I mean, just good stuff all around. He was just an incredible player while he was here. We miss him. You know, maybe someday he works his way back to the Rangers. It's going to be hard, but we'll see. You know, crazier things have happened. You never know. So back to the action, Chris Kreider makes a strong drive to the net. He tries to go short side, but Stalock makes a nice save. And then just about a minute later, Fiala basically just like punches Michael Haley in the back of the head. But Haley was smart enough not to retaliate here, and the penalty was called against Fiala. I mean, you could tell Haley, the way Haley looked at him, he, he just wanted to, you know, attack him basically. But he kept a cool head. He relaxed. As The last time we saw Haley, he took a really bad slashing penalty early in the game in the neutral zone. There was just no need for it. And then... The Rangers gave up power play goal right after that, and Haley didn't see the ice for the rest of the night. He was placed on waivers, but he stays with the Ranger organization after he goes unclaimed. And now, you know, he's back out there getting a skate on the fourth line. And here, he draws a power play for the Rangers. And again, smart enough not to retaliate, not to, you know, you know, cross-check him or anything like that. So the Rangers go on the man advantage. And it appears that they convert. Ryan Strom buries a rebound, but Chris Kreider just before Strom could put the puck home, takes a slashing penalty. Kreider was in front of the net, and yeah, I mean, this this was a penalty. He basically just took his stick and just whacked it across Brodeen's stick, breaks Brodeen's stick, and so now we go to four on four for a minute, 25 seconds. And then Jacob Truba made a really smart play here. Near the end of the four on four, he knew the four on four was about to end and the Wild were going to go on a short power play. So Truba had the puck behind the Ranger net and he basically just stood there and waited for the four on four to end because there wasn't enough time to, you know, get another push down the ice before the Wild were going to go on the power play. So he waits for the four on four to end and then he just shoots it straight down the ice as soon as as soon as the four on four is over because at that point the Rangers are on the penalty kill and he can shoot at the length of the ice. So smart play by Truba there. Like to see that. And the Rangers kill off the brief man advantage. Rangers get another opportunity. Liber Hayek made a really nice, great hustle play to keep the puck in the wild zone. He gets it right before it crosses over the blue line, and he immediately dishes in deep to Philip Heedle in the corner. Heedle puts a centering pass right on the tape for Brendan Lemieux, and Lemieux fires a shot from the slot, but Alex Stalock steers it aside. Uh, great save there by Stalock. Uh, maybe his best save of the night, although he made some good ones later. Really, both goalies, Lundqvist and Stalock, both on point in this game. Really nice goaltender duel. Uh, you were really going to have to to be a sniper and, and put the puck in the exact right spot if you're going to be either one of these guys tonight because both of them really made a handful of really nice stops and hence the low-scoring game. Rangers break through and take the lead with 5-10 remaining in the first period. Now listen, we were tough on Brady Shea a couple episodes ago when the, the Rangers had that really lackluster showing in Ottawa. I would say their weakest game of the season and 
Brady Shea stood out in that game and not in a good way. Just just did not have his A game or even his B game that night. And, you know, he has played better in these last two games. And here, you know, he's along the boards, and he realizes Matt Zuccarello doesn't have his stick. He, he broke his stick earlier. He's out there without his stick. So he realizes Zuccarello can't really do much at this point. So Shea skates to his left and in toward the goal. He fires a shot from the high slot, and he scores to give the Rangers a one nothing lead. Great recognition by Shea to understand the situation that, you know, Zuccarello, if you don't have your stick, I don't care who you are. There's not much you can do. You basically have two options. You can lay down on the ice and just hope that the puck hits you, or you can just, like, skate around and nudge people. That's basically... If you don't have your stick, those are your only options as far as playing defense goes. So Shea takes advantage of that situation. He moves in on the play, moves forward, cranks a slap shot, and gets through Staylock, and it's one to nothing Rangers late in the first period. Now, I don't know if, if Quinn and the coaching staff had a talk with Shea after that, that really bad game against Ottawa. But yeah, we talked about this after the loss against the Senators, that the Rangers need Brady Shea to be better. And he has played better these last couple games. He has responded. And he's playing more decisively, I think, on both sides of the rink. He's mixing it up a little bit more. He was very passive in the game against Ottawa. I mean, the whole range—I don't want to just pick on Brady Shea because the whole Rangers were bad that night. The whole team was passive that night. But, yes, the Rangers, it is fair to say, especially after that performance in Ottawa, that the Rangers need to get more out of Brady Shea. Look, I mean, this is the guy who's supposed to be the best defenseman on the team. He's got the contract that would suggest it. He's kind of the elder statesman. I mean, he's still young, but as far as— you know, these defensemen and how long they've been on the Rangers, he's been there longer than anybody else, and they need him. You know, they need him to play well, and he chips in offensively here. Rangers now, after this goal, second in the NHL as far as goals from defensemen is concerned. So that is kind of cool. I mean, the Rangers, they do give up too many goals in general, and, you know, the Rangers defensemen can certainly be a little bit better on their side of the ice, but it's cool to see that we've got so many defensemen that, you know, seemingly can chip in on both sides of the rink. You know, it seems the Rangers, through this rebuild, have put an emphasis on that, you know, getting two-way defenseman, and yeah, I mean, every single one of them, I mean, maybe, I don't know about Lindgren, you know, I haven't seen enough of him to really know for sure if he's ever really going to contribute much offensively, but even if he's just a stay-at-home defenseman, he's very good at that, and pretty much all the rest of the Ranger defensemen, you know, give you something on the other side of the ice. Certainly, I mean, maybe Shea a little bit, certainly D'Angelo, certainly Adam Fox, and definitely Jacob Truba. Lundqvist with one more strong stop on Parise from the doorstep, and we go into the second period with the Rangers still leading one to nothing. First 15 seconds of the second period, Zach Parise brings the puck out from behind the Ranger net and tries to stuff it in right there from the doorstep, but Lundqvist closes the door. Again, the Rangers, they got to be a little bit better here at the start of periods. We don't want this to become a trend. I'm not ready to call it a trend just yet, but it's something we all got to keep our eyes on the Rangers. You know, getting caught a little bit flat-footed and back on their heels and just letting the other team get the better of play early in periods, something they got to they gotta work on a little bit going forward. Rangers get a power play opportunity, and there's some great early puck movement on the man advantage here. Panarin makes a really quick pass to Kako. Those two on the power play kind of look for this play where they'll basically both be, one will be on one face-off dot, one will be on the other face-off dot, and it's usually Panarin passing to Kako, but they look for that cross-ice pass there. They've hit on it a couple times this season. But Stalock makes a really nice save and holds on for the stoppage. Rangers really set up shop during this power play, and the puck only comes out of the zone when a shot goes wide, and puck basically just careened around the boards back into the Rangers' zone. So, you know, the Rangers were really set up there for about a minute, and then the Wild didn't even really clear. They kind of just caught a break. Like we said, you know, the puck gets shot wide and bounces off the boards and out of the zone. So late in the power play, the Rangers try to work the puck back to the blue line. They miss on the pass. And Greenway is coming out of the penalty box. And just as the penalty to him expires, 
the puck is laying there right in front of the penalty box. So, I mean, if you're Greenway, you probably can't even believe this. Your eyes probably light up. You're like a kid on Christmas morning at this point. And the puck is just right there for him. He basically steps out of the box, picks up the puck in stride, skates down along the boards. Tony D'Angelo gets back to, you know, kind of cut him off and keep him from going to the net. But Greenway makes a pass, makes a centering pass to Erickson Eck. And Henrik Lundqvist makes an outstanding save on this one. There was absolutely no one else back besides D'Angelo for the Rangers at this point. I mean, why would they? They were all in on the power play. And you don't know that the puck is going to take a bounce like this where it's going to go, you know, right to the penalty box. But bottom line, Lundqvist is completely one-on-one with this guy, and he makes the save. He had no help whatsoever. It was just, you know, basically a a stare down at this point, you know. And Lundqvist comes up clutch, makes the save, preserves the Ranger lead at one to nothing. Clutch stop from the King. Adam Fox just misses out on making it 2 to nothing midway through the second period, but his shot rings off the crossbar. Right, Rangers are largely dominating this period. I mean, the rink is tilted. They're spending the entire time swarming in Minnesota's zone. They just can't quite break through with that second goal. The Wild take an icing here, so they can't change lines. Their players are gassed, and it leads to Brendan Lemieux drawing a cross-checking penalty off the ensuing faceoff. Matt Dumba just cross-checked him from behind, and he goes off for two minutes. Rangers unable to score on the power play, however, and Zach Parise ties the game with 2.49 left in the second period. The Rangers were really back on their heels here in their own zone, and Minnesota just kind of playing keep away, kind of cycling the puck, you know, near the blue line. And then eventually, Fiala drives in toward the net. He weaves to the left of Buchnevich, gets around him, passes to his right to Parise on the doorstep. Parise taps it home, and just like that, tied 1-1. Only the second shot on goal of the period for the Wild. And it's really unfortunate because the Rangers, they were really dominating this period. I I thought really of, of all three periods, you can't really count overtime. It was just 29 seconds. But of all the three periods, I thought the Rangers played best in this period of any of them, and this is the one period that they lost. So kind of ironic, but nevertheless, heading into the break, heading into the second intermission, tied at 1-1. to The third period begins, and the Rangers start with kind of a hybrid line here of Pavel Buchnevich, Chris Kreider, and Ryan Strom. I didn't happen to notice if those three were together predominantly the rest of the game, but just kind of mixing and matching a little bit here. It's an intriguing combination. You know, we'll see if that's something that Quinn wants to go back to in their next game. But bottom line, Lundqvist came up big early in the third period here. A couple of really nice saves. He was really sharp for the first four or five minutes. And then the Rangers get an opportunity. Kreider steals the puck just inside the wild blue line. He leaves a drop pass for Ryan Strom. Strom with another drop pass for Truba, and Truba shoots just wide of the net. The wild go back the other way immediately on a two-on-one, and Zucker... He opts to shoot rather than pass. He fires a shot from the right faceoff circle. Lundqvist reaches up to make an outstanding glove save. Comes up clutch here, hangs on for the stoppage. Likely his best save of the evening. Just a big-time vintage Henrik save here. Then Pavel Buchnevich turns the puck over in the neutral zone, and the Wild are quick to react. They skate over the blue line, and they work the puck in deep from along the boards to Donato. Shea goes down on the ice, sliding on his stomach. He's looking to, you know, prevent a shot, prevent a pass, you know, just just try to smother the puck, whatever Donato is going to look to do here. But Donato was one step ahead. He puts on the brakes. He kind of just waits for Shea to slide out of his way. That's the one thing, you know, it's great and it's admirable that Shea goes down to, you know, block a shot here or block a pass or, you know, whatever it might be. But the problem is if the guy with the puck does not move the puck, there's not really much you can do. You're basically just going to slide right out of the picture and take yourself out of the play, and that's what happened here. Shea kind of gambled and lost, and as soon as Shea was out of his way, Donato flicks a wrist shot into the twine, and the Wild have their first lead with 10 minutes to go in the third period. 
And again, it's tough if you're a Ranger fan watching this because I really do think, I'm not going to say the Rangers were dominating this game because there wasn't. And there were times where Minnesota had the better of play. But I think largely the Rangers to this point were 50 minutes into the game. I think the Rangers had outplayed the Wild to this point. Yet here they are down by a goal. And again, just 10 minutes to go in regulation. About six minutes left, the Rangers really getting some chances. The Wild really back on their heels. Uh, They're basically just staying in their own zone and just trying to hang on, just trying to play defense at this point. But Adam Fox, you know, he goes in hard on the forecheck, goes into the corner, and quickly throws a centering pass to Pavel Buchnevich. Stalock gets a piece of it, and the puck basically— So what happened was the puck got through Stalock, like through the five-hole. Stalock tries to close his legs really fast. He basically claps his skates together, and in doing so, the puck somehow— shoots up between his skates, goes directly into the air, lands on top of the net, and then rolls off the backside. So you can't get much closer to scoring than this if you're Pavel Buchnevich, and that was just a sign of what was to come for Pavel. He had three scoring chances in just a couple of minutes here, but the Rangers are just absolutely buzzing here, applying all kinds of pressure. Uh, Truba gets a shot in deep. He can't put it home. D'Angelo passes to Buchnevich in the right circle, and Buchnevich drills a slap shot off the outside of the post, and then Buchnevich gets another chance in deep, but Stalock just with another outstanding save. You know, like we said, he was on top of his game tonight, as was Lundqvist. So Buchnevich, man, three awesome scoring chances here. He did everything he could. It is what it is. He, he just didn't get the breaks tonight. You know, that happens sometimes. That's hockey, and unfortunately, Buchnevich just not quite able to finish any of those opportunities. But then Hartman takes a bad offensive zone tripping penalty, so the Rangers go on the power play with 3.08 remaining. There was really no reason for this. It's something that I get on the Rangers for. Anytime you take an offensive zone penalty, it's really not a good thing and really an inopportune moment for Hartman to take this penalty. But hey, the Rangers will take it. They're back on the power play. They roll out a a fivesome of Kako, Kreider, Strom, Panarin, and Fox, and it takes them just 18 seconds to convert on the man advantage. Fox moves the puck across the blue line to Artemi Panarin. Panarin works toward the net and centers to Ryan Strom. Strom immediately moves the puck in deep to Kreider. The puck basically, it like deflects off of Suter, and then Stalock has to stick out his right pad. Stalock was moving to his left. He had to stick out his right pad back in the other direction to keep the puck from trickling in. But in doing so, the puck goes right to Kreider. Kreider stuffs it home from the doorstep, and he gets the equalizer. 2-2 two to two, late in the third period, less than three minutes remaining. Lundqvist makes his final save of the night with less than a minute remaining, about 45 seconds. And basically, the shot just went right off of his mask, and there was actually a play stoppage because it briefly dislodged Henrik's mask a little bit there. And then going the other way off the next faceoff, Adam Fox, a strong drive to the net with about 10 seconds remaining, uh, really made Hart's jump here. You know, you're thinking he's going he's gonna to score from the doorstep, but he shoots it just wide, and we are going to overtime. Now, overtime's always a little scary, especially with this three-on-three format. It's just really hectic, really chaotic. But hey, you know what? The Rangers, in this game... They score the equalizer with less than three minutes remaining. So at this point, you know, you'll take your chances because a couple minutes ago, it wasn't even looking like a sure thing that the Rangers would even come out of here with one point. Now you're going to overtime. At the very least, you have one point here. But like I said, you know, the Rangers, they really got to win this game, man, because the the 4-0 comeback against the Canadians, to really make that count, you've got to come back and you got to win your next game. And that's indeed what the Rangers do. It takes them just 29 seconds into the overtime to claim the victory. And really, I might as well just give you guys the play-by-play of overtime here since it only lasted 29 seconds. The Rangers rolling out a three-man line of Ryan Strom, Artemi Panarin, and Tony D'Angelo. Panarin takes the face off. He wins it back into the Rangers' zone. 
D'Angelo retrieves the puck behind the net. He passes up to Panarin. Panarin with a drop pass in the neutral zone leaves it for Ryan Strom. Strom gains the blue line, passes back to Panarin. Panarin passes to D'Angelo. D'Angelo has the puck along the boards. He moves hard to his right, and I don't know what happened with the Wild here. Nobody really followed him, at least not right away. One of the players eventually reacted and tried to get over toward D'Angelo, but by then it was too late. D'Angelo has a clear open shooting line, and he fires a wrist shot into the net. Just like that, Rangers 3-2 victory. Another come-from-behind win, their second straight victory overall. Blue shirts just rolling here, a great victory. Like we said, you know, this is a very competitive game. I would give the Rangers a slight edge overall throughout the night, but they were staring defeat right in the face, and they responded to it. Chris Kreider with the equalizer late in regulation after the Rangers drew a penalty. And really, the Rangers... They earned this because they were working tremendously hard to get this equalizer. The last six or seven minutes, I mean, the Rangers were just buzzing in the wild zone. The wild, I mean, they're just trying to survive for really the end of regulation there. Like we said, the last six or seven minutes, and they finally break through. They persevere. They came so close to getting the equalizer several times before that. Buchnevich alone had like three great scoring opportunities. They couldn't quite put the puck in the net, and it's looking like, oh, man, you know, maybe it's just not going to be their night. But no, the Rangers wouldn't take no for an answer. Kreider gets the equalizer, and then... In overtime here, this this three-man line of Strom, Panera, and D'Angelo, they never lost possession of the puck. They won the faceoff. They ha- they take total control for the 29 seconds. And on the first shot that they take, Tony D'Angelo sends everybody home happy. He continues his outstanding breakout season. It's just great to see. And now Henrik Lundqvist, as we said, alone in fifth place for most victories all time. And that would be awesome no matter what. But, like, you know, for Lundqvist to hit a milestone like that, top five all time, I mean, that's that's serious stuff right there. And you don't want to see him do it, you know, in a 6-5 win where he gives up five goals and doesn't really play very well. Lundqvist was awesome tonight. It was a vintage Hank performance and, you know, a very befitting performance for a night where he becomes the fifth all-time leader in wins in the National Hockey League. Rangers will try to make it three in a row on Wednesday. They are back in action at home at 7 p.m. against the Carolina Hurricanes. And just to give you guys a little bit of a rundown of what we're going to do this week, because obviously we've got Thanksgiving coming up and, of course, Black Friday the day after that. So there will be a new episode tomorrow when the Rangers play the Hurricanes. Thanksgiving, no new episode. And then the plan on Friday is to also do an episode. I don't really know when I'm going to do it. I actually have to work that night. And the Rangers have an afternoon game at the Boston Bruins on Friday and then another game at the Devils, also at 1 p.m. on Saturday. So again, just a quick breakdown here. Wednesday, we got a new episode. The Rangers will be at home against the Carolina Hurricanes. No new episode on Thanksgiving. An episode at some point on Friday. I don't know when, but the Rangers will be in action that day at the Boston Bruins at 1 p.m. And then on Saturday, the Rangers will be at the New Jersey Devils at 1 p.m. So we'll figure it out as we go. I will keep you guys posted. I'll update you again tomorrow. If you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Hope you guys enjoyed the victory, and we will see you guys back here next time.